Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our third episode in the Academic Perspective. Today's guest is Professor Steve Kaplan from the University of Chicago. A Fortune magazine article referred to him as probably the foremost private equity scholar in the galaxy. A J.P. Morgan report called him the patron saint of private equity research. He teaches a course on private equity at the Booth School of Business, and I'm delighted to have him on our show today. Let's get started. I'm your host, Shruti Rao, and this is Counting on Capital. Dr. Kaplan, you are a professor at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business, and you've dedicated so much of your work to studying issues around private equity and venture capital. What first brought you to this world of finance, and why did you choose to study private capital? So as an undergraduate, I liked economics and finance and uh, did research on it. Then I was an investment banker for two years, and I liked finance, but I also liked doing research. So I went and got a PhD. And as I was doing my PhD, leverage buyouts had just started. No one understood them, and that was a great place to do my dissertation. So I did research on leverage buyouts in the 80s and have been studying leverage buyouts ever since and have also uh, branched out to study venture capital and uh, other kinds of private capital. One of the issues we've discussed extensively on the show is the lack of research quality data and how it's presented some challenges for those who want to study the impact of private equity. You are the co-creator of the Kaplan Shore Index used to benchmark private equity to public equity. Can you tell us more about the benchmark you created? What does it mean and what does it tell us about private equity? What the Kaplan Shore measure does is it basically compares private equity to public equity and think of it as a market-adjusted multiple of invested capital. So if a private equity firm likes to say we make two times our money, uh, that's interesting, but you'd like to know what I've made two times my money in the public markets. And so what the public market equivalent basically does is say, how did you do in private equity relative to public equity? And if that ratio is bigger than one, you did better. And if it's less than one, you did worse. So if you did two times with private equity and you only did one and a half times with public equity, then your public market equivalent is greater than one. It's four thirds and uh, you did well. So what does it tells, uh, tell you? I mean, it, it tells you over a long period of time since we've done this for private equity, both the buyout side and the venture side, really for um, sort of vintages, probably we have good data for the last 25 years. Um, and uh, the results are pretty consistently that uh, both the buyouts and venture have beaten public markets. And so if you are thinking of committing to private equity, that's good news. If you're looking backwards as a pension fund, you've probably been better off having done that. And from a public policy perspective, um, you can at least understand that these uh, asset classes have created value. Now, you know, does it mean that's going to happen going forward? Uh, we don't know. And uh, as more money has come in, you, you know, you worry that at some point, uh, the returns get competed down. Um, but again, this measure will be a very useful 
way to measure how private capital is doing relative to public capital going forward, just like it has been uh, looking backward. Okay, so we know that private equity has performed well and that these buyout deals have performed well. How does this translate into performance for portfolio companies? So remember, if you're looking at performance at the the fund level, the funds have fees, and those fees are 2 and 20. If you take those fees out, the performance at the portfolio company level is massively better than the public markets because it's better than the public markets with the fees. The fees are something like 4 to 6% a year. So if you take those fees away, the companies at the, the, the company level have outperformed by quite a bit. And then if you look at measures of operating performance, whether it's profitability or productivity, what you find is, is on average, the buyout funded companies are more productive. The data on venture are, are harder to measure, but on the buyout side, the companies have been more productive and have uh, been more profitable on average. And um, that I think is, you know, Josh Lerner did some work on that, that on average, that's what uh, he found. There were some differences across types of deals, but basically on average, they outperform. There's been some work done with tax data that finds more or less the same thing. So at the company level, the performance has been, you know, by and large, good in terms of making the companies more efficient or more profitable. Private capital overall is a diverse asset class with everything from venture capital to private equity. So what are the biggest trends that we're seeing across both of these asset classes? And how do we think about this increasing convergence between venture and private equity? I, I think there's that's a hard question to answer because I want to say there's, there's like pre-COVID and post-COVID. So COVID is sort of a big shock. Um, and... Uh, you know, in the let's talk about through up to COVID, and then we'll talk about what's happened since. So, through through COVID, you know the the buyout side, uh, you know, has increasingly been characterized by operational engineering, and uh, basically every you know buyout or private equity firm has invested more resources in uh, operational engineering, which means. Uh, resources to improve the operations of their companies, whether it's operating partners, whether it's consultants, um, whatever it is. And um, that's been something that's been going on the last, you know, 10, 20 years and is is now, I think, virtually ubiquitous. Um, on the venture side, I think the the VC firms have also geared up on that side and become more professional. And as the two groups have have gotten professionalized and have gotten bigger, they've both moved into the growth equity space. So the buyout investors have moved into growth equity. So many of the, the big buyout firms have growth equity funds. And then the, the venture funds like the Sequoias, the NEAs have also moved into growth equity. And on the growth equity side, they also are putting these, uh, not only, you know, the deal people, but also the operating people in. So you've seen a convergence, I think, in the middle, where the 
both the venture and buyout investors have kind of met in companies where they're trying to to grow them. So that that I think has been something that's happened over the last 10 or 20 years. They've all professionalized. They've all put more emphasis on sort of systematizing how they improve operations, uh, which you know they did less of 15, 20 years ago. So that's where we, and then, you know, I think the, the, the second big or third uh, big thing is you've seen more, you know, private debt. So there's been a big move to the, you know, on the private debt funds where a lot of capital has gone there. And that's also, again, the buyout firms um, primarily saying, look, we can invest in on the equity side. We also, you know, can use the same methodologies to invest in the debt side. So you've, you've seen that as well. So that was all, you know, the industry was getting larger. The returns have been good the last uh, 10 years, probably. And uh, now we've got the pandemic and uh, that is a, a big shock. And everybody now is, uh, it's, uh, you, it's, it's triage on your portfolio. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I also think what you're likely to see is relative to the public markets, relative to the S&P 500 in particular, you're likely to see underperformance over the next few years. And the reason I would expect that is the S&P 500 in particular is very tech heavy. And so you have the fangs are a big chunk of the S&P, and they've done very well. Buyouts are less tech-heavy, and they are I think have relatively more of the businesses that have been really hit, retail, um, leisure, energy. And so, you know, if I had to guess, I would guess that the buyout fund performance of the vintages, probably, you know, 2017 to 2019, will not do as well as the public markets. There have been a lot of public policy questions around private equity, its contribution to the economy, and issues more broadly around regulation. To what degree should the government play a role in regulating these deals and the flow of capital? So going back to, to what I said about the, the data, you know, the evidence is that, that on the buyout side, the buyout investors, and that would, I think, include the growth equity investors, make companies more efficient. Sometimes that's growing the business, sometimes that's that's cutting, and uh, but they make them more efficient. And uh, in general, and there, there are some exceptions, but in general, making companies more efficient is a good thing. So I'm not, you know, I would not be eager to, to regulate private equity in, in any way. Um, on the, the venture side, where where it's harder to measure, but if you look at the the companies in the public markets that have the largest market caps, they were funded at one point by venture. So Amazon, Google, Facebook are all venture funded. So uh, there's there's a pretty good evidence that venture uh, has also been uh, a force for efficiency and and you know in my mind good. So. I would say on on both sides, they're you know they're not perfect venture or buyout, and you can find deals that didn't go well. You can find 
uh, bad behavior, but you find a lot of good behavior. And on average, you know, I think they've um, been a force for efficiency. And, uh, you know, that's that's what you want. So earlier we were talking about private capital in this pre-COVID and post-COVID context. There's just so much uncertainty right now. How do you think that private capital will perform through the current pandemic, especially those deals that took advantage of the private debt markets? So that that, that is where you know you come to the prediction that they will. I would I would be surprised if they outperform the public markets um, in the you know the the vintages, the more recent vintages, because not only do they have the the headwind of being less tech heavy and more heavy in the industries that have gotten uh, hurt by the virus, but they also had a lot of leverage and the leverage is going to be problematic. Now, so that's the their existing companies. It'll be very interesting to see the private debt funds, what they do, because they're a little bit protected because they're not the equity. On the other hand, some of these companies, you know, if you're in retail and your sales have gone from, uh, you know, down by more than 50% in some cases, you know, have disappeared, you know, it's not clear uh, the, what the debt's going to be worth. You know, let, the equity won't be worth a lot. The debt may not be worth anything either. So the jury, I think, is still out on that. I think the, the saving grace or the, the opportunity they have, which I think is true, is that uh, a lot of these funds have dry powder. You know, they've raised money in the last year or two. So they're, you know, the 2019 vintages, 2018 vintages probably um, do have dry powder. And so to the extent that they do have the dry powder and they can invest you know, in the next year when uh, there are businesses that, that need capital and uh, presumably you're investing toward the bottom, uh, those vintages may be okay. So say the 16, 17, 18 vintages are going to be problematic. You know, 18, 19, 20 vintages may be able to take advantage of, of the downturn. Dr. Kaplan, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. In previous episodes, we've talked about this consistent academic finding that private equity as an asset class has absolutely, without question, outperformed the public markets. But I think that the more exciting takeaway isn't that private equity has done so well, but rather that the portfolio companies are outperforming. Because this tells us that when private equity does well, the portfolio companies that are vital to our economy and our national productivity are also doing well. At the same time, there's reason to be cautious. It's possible that the pandemic could end this long streak of outperformance, and that the combination of private debt and investing in more traditional industries like retail and energy could cause trouble in the short term for private equity. Certainly a lot of food for thought. Join us next time, where we interview Professor David Robinson at Duke University. Dr. Robinson is a former vice chair of the World Economic Forum's Global Agenda Council on Finance and Capital, and is a research associate at the National Bureau of Economic Research. I'm your host, Shruti Rao, and this is Counting on Capital.